welcome to the Doubt Every Thought podcast, showing you the simple way of returning to God through forgiveness, knowing thyself, and doubting every thought. If you've been looking for peace in life and want to be a part of the revival, you've come to the right spot. So sit back, relax, and return to God. And we are live. Welcome again to the Doubt Every Thought podcast. My name is Jacob. Thanks for joining us. It is another episode in late November. So happy that you're listening. This is episode number 50 of the podcast, and it's called John Wakes Up, and it's John. He's a friend, he's a fellow worshiper, and he's got his own story, and he has some great insights. Well, what did we discuss? Well, of course God, but it's about the details of waking up, how unrighteousness and the worldly things begin to fall away once you wake up, the childlike mindset you have as a son of God, and really just hearing John's own story before he woke up reminded me of JLP when he says, what the? It's a complete mess. <laughs> no judgment, John. I can't wait to share this with everybody. And as I always say, this is just meant to give you an example of what a true son of God actually looks like and sounds like. Kind of like a good temptation to really show you that once you wake up and you're on the other side, you become a chill and cool and honest person. So if you're wanting that peace in life, you like the sound of our voices or about finding the kingdom of God, the true meaning of life, you come to the right spot. So sit back, relax, and of course, return to God. All right, everyone, welcome back. Another episode of the Dialogue Without Podcast. I have John with me. John is a fellow son of God. John, how is life going? It's going great. Really can't complain. I mean, yeah. That's really a great summary of it. And I think that's what happens when you become a son of God, right? It's just like, there's not really any problems. You know, there's challenges, but things aren't that big of a deal to you. You know, for me, that's been my story. Has it kind of been your story too? When you've woken up, it's, you know, you used to think everything was a huge issue. And now you're just like, oh yeah, yeah. big time. I mean, like before being reborn, I got a new uh, fancy job high stress and it, it would eat me up inside but uh yeah it's, i mean it's a problem i have to deal with it but like it doesn't bother me like if i fail and i get fired i'm just like dang right okay right i remember uh when i was first um like getting my first job it was it was literally the epitome, epitome of my existence like yes. like i had to make sure i showed up 30 minutes early i would always stay late and don't get me wrong yes you should do that if you want to you know, be promoted and all that. But I did at the expense of family, relationships, uh, girlfriends, uh, friends, um, even just personal advancement and hobbies. It was just all job, job, job. And it was my idol back then. And now on the other side, when you're a son of God, it's like all you do is seek the kingdom of God. Right. And it's so confusing. Like seeking the kingdom of God, it doesn't, it's not that hard, but you just have to do it all the time. Like, (laughs) I mean, I, it's, it's one of those counterintuitive things, like for people who are listening, when you wake up, I'm sure other sons of God who are listening, um, you understand what we're saying. Like life is so simple yet somehow seeking the kingdom of God, you can get sidetracked. You know, there'll be that temptation to judge politics, the temptation to have sex out of wedlock, you know, all the thoughts in your head are just telling you to be God. Have, has that kind of still been happening to you after waking up? You've just been shedding these things or. Are you still struggling with a few things, John? Um, I'll overreact, but I'll see that I'm overreacting, and then I can eventually calm down into it. Nice. And compared to where you were 
before, I'm sure the quote overreaction is different now. Well, like you, you, it's really what we talk about a lot is you kind of lose uh, consciousness. Like you be like, you like go to sleep and you overreact and That's so you just true. get controlled by that overreaction spirit. That's so true. Like, uh, I think that's really all it's about. Satan just wants you. I see it as Satan. Some people see it as darkness, but um, Satan just wants you to not be conscious, not be in the moment. So he'll uh, he'll tempt you to eat. For me, it was like two pints of ice cream, you know. So I'll <laughs> eat it, and by the second pint of ice cream, I am hypnotized in my imagination. Just om nom nom, you know. Just right. <laughs> just and it's amazing whether it's food, whether it's sex with your wife or with your girlfriend or whatever it may be, there's all these temptations around you. And right. there's this temptation to not wake up because you realize all these things you're going to fall away from and lose interest. Maybe that's a good way to put it. Have you noticed that over time you found things that used to bother you don't really bother you anymore. And you just kind of lose interest in these unrighteous acts that you would do. Yeah. It's really starting to fade away and the awareness is coming there. And at the same time, like, as you're being aware, I think the hard part is as you build the awareness to not judge yourself because you'll see, right. You'll see yourself very clearly. And it's, I don't think it's ever going to be a pretty picture. (laughs) Maybe it might be, but I'm not too sure. I don't know about you, John, but for me, it's a very beautiful picture. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I know what you mean. Like every, I do a silent prayer every morning, every night, and it's been amazing. And, what happens on a silent prayer is things will bubble up where I'm like, Oh, like I do. Um, there's a topic that was discussed about how when you have fear of speaking up, it's because something is more important than the kingdom of God within you. Right. And that's what happens to me. Like I'll, you think you're a son of God, right? Satan's like, Oh, look at you. You're so holy after waking up. And then something will come across like, uh, whether people are talking about politics or, um, they're talking about religion or whatever it may be, and you hold your tongue because you don't want to like, it's not just losing financial things. It's not just losing, um, you know, your job. It's actually like losing your reputation or right. these, like your character. And that's blown my mind recently too because I was kind of, all these external things were falling away, which I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I'm no longer worried about money or um, whatever it may be. But then I'm like, oh, no, I'm worried about my character now. And it's like what you said. It's like this ugly realization. You're like, oh, I'm so, oh, what's wrong with me? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I still have that. What we uh, That was a topic we talked about, about um, status and reputation. Unfortunately, I still do identify with my position, my income and whatnot. Right. I know what's wrong, but I think you know, with the awareness, I think it'll fall away. And I'm caring less and less. I I missed a deadline last night and I didn't. Oh, how <laughs> didn't dare you? Care. How dare you? Look yeah. at you. And again, we're not saying uh, to people out there that when you become a son of God, you don't care about deadlines. It's just more, right. you know, you don't uh, obsess over it. You're just like, right. oops, I missed it. Okay. I was actually about to uh, skip Thursday night because I knew I wasn't going to make my Friday night deadline. But I was like, I'm not gonna work late. You kidding me? You're you're doing your contract, what you're supposed to do. You right. know, forty hours a week, and if you want to pay me more, great. And don't get me wrong, when there's a crunch, you're when you're a son of God, yeah, you'll step up. But right, 
you know, this doesn't mean like you're the guy who's the last to office all the time. And right. for some people, that's what their calling is. And I wish them well. And right. for other people, their calling is to move to Idaho and get a homestead, <laughs> which is my case. <laughs> Yo, so I actually was thinking about like, what is, are you, are you talking about the Homestead Act? Or are you just talking about being self-sufficient on land and like, yeah, the self-sufficiency on land. Okay. So yeah, there's, there's a bunch of things going on, but for me, um, I, it came to this realization and I think actually let's take a short break. I can talk about that and we'll talk about your story too. So okay. we'll be right back on the Data Without podcast. Part number two, Die Without Podcast, another son of God, John is here. And in part one, we were just discussing something, but we kind of ended it with um, talking about how transformation kind of happens. And my own story, John, is like, you know, uh, engineer, raised by computer scientists, like study, 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 all intellectualism, all about the material world. And I was pretty successful at it. And I could see where it could go if I kept going. And maybe Satan told me that, maybe not. But um, then after I woke up, forgave my parents, dad rethought, what's been amazing is my transformation going from like working in tech and 5G to all of a sudden moving to Idaho, forming my own homestead, buying guns. Like I'm becoming like the, the joke I see is that some people turn me on to Christianity and then within three months, I became like a militant Christian. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like abortion is murder, no sex before marriage. What are you doing talking to that man, woman? You know, it's like I've become like a Muslim person where I'm like, put on your burqa, stop dressing right. poorly. And so that's, I'm all kind of joking there. But I'm wondering, John, from your experience, kind of before waking up and after waking up, if you've actually seen maybe a shift in your demeanor or maybe an actual shift in your lifestyle, you know, if you could just kind of explain to people how it's been for you. Yeah, so I guess there's an overlap between you and me where we are in the technical engineering world. Yeah. Um, my identity was tied to that label of an engineer. Um, right, me too. And it's there's a big stick competition in engineering. I guess with everything, we're like, how productive are you? How efficient are you? how much you make or who you work for yeah promotions and whatnot and i was kind of caught into that but now i mean it's it's nice if i get promoted it's nice if i advance in the company but it's not my life anymore living's my life if, if, i don't know if that makes <laughs> sense that makes sense to you but maybe for other people it might not but living is my life like my career is not my life right there's um you may have heard this quote, like uh, Americans live to work and I think it's, and then Europeans work for their, let's see, they're living, they work to for a living. 
you know, so meaning like uh, Europeans, they would work for a little bit of money, but their focus was living. While right. in America, it's like our living is to work. Like our, it is our identity. Right. It's, it's so true. Like whether you start off as like a, um, an engine, like an industrial engineer, and then you're a senior industrial engineer. Ooh. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm just like, Ooh, I got promoted. You get the pat on the back. You get the right. 4% raise. Congratulations. You're meeting inflation. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's all these, I feel like I was being treated like a child where I'd like, Ooh, the next gold star right around the corner. Right. You know, you might be a director in five or 10 years. If you <laughs> get good at X, Y, and Z. And again, it's, it's not like I'm judging people who do that because some people love that and that's great. But I always find that when you wake up, when you forgive and you get to really know who you are, all those like worldly things kind of fall away. And right. do you know why that kind of happens for you? Have you kind of understood why? I think a big thing that I kind of, I almost can't explain it, but when I heard that we, this physical earth or life is an illusion. Right. Like things just really click for me. That's all I can really say. We're like, it's nice if I make a lot of money, I can have a nice lifestyle, but like, it's still an illusion. It's just kind of right. nice, but it's not super important to me. And, I know what you mean. There's, yeah. um, I, I remember in that fallen state, I used to read stoicism, um, by Epictetus, you know, talking about meditations and, it, it was all these books about the meaning and purpose and how, you know, how finite time is and how in a little bit of time you'll be back in the ground and how all the famous people thousands of years ago are even being forgotten as a memory now. And right. it's very fatalistic when you're not tied to God, where I was like, nothing matters, nihilism, I can do right. whatever I want, I'm going to go do exactly drugs. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and now it's the other side where you're right, nothing really does matter it's nice you're just like oh cool i have this you like things but if it's taken away from you what's surprising is that you're not the one telling yourself it's okay it's just literally okay you're just like i remember i used to in that fallen state be like oh it's totally fine i didn't get promoted because this is one of those denial things you're just like oh it's because of xyz right and then inside i was just raging i would be smoking weed and trying to like nullify it and eating edibles that was almost a decade ago i think and now it's like it's amazing i don't even drink coffee anymore because i don't mormon style uh, everyone tells me that (laughs) (laughs) when when i go see some mormons i'm like oh hello fellow mormons i also don't drink coffee where's your magic underwear (laughs) that's great though it sounds like too you you know, you become more like a child. Would you say that's kind of true too, where work is great, you live your life. Um, what's it kind of been like on the other side for you now that you're a holy son of God? I literally keep feeling even better. I used to hold on to this memory as a child where I was in the backyard of the apartment complex we lived in. I would just be laying in the grass, looking up at the clouds and watching clouds pass and planes pass and just yeah. really just being free. I, I feel more free than that. And it's, yeah. it's, it's nuts. Like I, I tell people this, like I, I feel more free now than I was when I was a freaking child. And it's just kind of, it's nuts. I really can't explain it. And people look at me like I'm lying or whatever. Right. Some friends know that I had this new job 
promotion and they just think it's because I have more money. Ah, uh, right, right. But a part of my narrative that kind of steered me into this uh, truth-seeking mode is that once I got the new shiny job, my desire to live actually reduced to the lowest it's been in a long time <laughs> because my identity was good school, brand name job, and then that's it. Yeah. And I accomplished that and I felt like my life was over because I, I, I thought it was going to take me a few more years longer so I wouldn't pull the trigger. But I was like, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm 26 and I accomplished every, every goal I have. It's over. Oh, man. I, the reason why I laughed, John, at that is um, that was exactly what happened to me. I remember in middle school and high school, I'm like, man, if I could just make $100,000, that, that would be amazing. And then yep. I get in college, I get lost, I forgot about that vision, and then I get my first job. And after two years, including stock option, RSU, right. like yep. a lot of overtime, I had reached a hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> and I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> yep, yeah, dude. People know it. Oh. I, I had a, my friend that I just visited. He, I told him that and he almost couldn't comprehend it because he was telling me I was at peace because I, I make a lot of money. Uh, and I was just like, dude, I, I, I want to kill myself when I was making that much money. Isn't that interesting? And for me, it wasn't I wanted to end things. It was more I was just hoping I wouldn't wake up, you know, like because <laughs> I was such <laughs> such a beta male. I'm just like, uh, I don't want to kill myself, but maybe God will just give me a brain aneurysm while I'm sleeping. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know uh, too much of a fucking coward to pull the trigger exactly <laughs> exactly i was such a, a beta weak man that like you I've, I've said this saying to um my mentor and friend is that some people are so rich or some people are so poor all they have is money and it sounds so arrogant to those who don't have money but right. if you're making at least 30 40k a year and you're peaceful in life you're so much better off than someone making five million a year who just is on pills and right. stimulants and then uppers and downers because it it's amazing how the thing that you're looking for can really become a prison. You know, right. it's true in my family. I see people who are wealthy and all they can do is watch the wealth. You know, it's well, it's crazy. One thing that really helped me as a truth seeker was I was obsessed with freedom. And I thought as a poor uh, person growing up in a poor area, I thought the, the wealth would free me. But I realized when I started making right. a lot of money that I was now enslaved to money and to the material world. And of which that that was a really crushing moment before I was reborn. There always that seems was, to be that type of um, epiphany, right? Where it's, you know, they talk about you need to suffer for a while. Right. And then through suffering, you'll be shown, you'll cry out, you know, that was true from my experience. That sounds like that was your experience too, right? Right. Wow. Yeah, but um, more specifically to the lead up of the moment where I actually, the moment of suffering where you get a moment to really change your life and really see yourself, well, what's going on? I was struggling with work. Um, my friends were on the brink of life and death with addiction and psychosis. I don't, I don't even know if that's real, but you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, he was going missing several days at a time. Um, wow. 
eventually he, he gets put into a mental institution. His brother, another friend of mine, he's going through some stuff. I heard maybe a girl was involved. I'm not too sure. But then his his closest brother is in a mental hospital. Right. Him and the rest of the family start doing a bunch of drugs. Yeah. Yeah. He actually, um, I say he OD'd at my house, but technically what happened is he tore his esophagus at my house. And Whoa. He almost, he almost died. That's amazing. And I have to take him to the ER, me, me and my roommate and my friend. And so basically all this was happening. And during the time I had another roommate where my friend, he just came out the, uh, the psych ward and he, his, he's also, uh, financially retarded background. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> sure, sure. The insurance from California or whatever he had didn't cover him from going from the psych ward to the mental health version of a sober living. Oh, so, so they just put him into sober living instead. Cause it's like the next best thing they had. Sure. And I was trying to be his mama and have him move in with me and be in my room. Yep. And I asked my roommate if he was down, he's also a beta male, but he was against it because he was, he had a lot of fear of mentally ill people. And he thought that he was going to attack him, rape his girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. 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 And I was really offended by that. Cause I was like, dude, he's retarded. He's not dangerous. <laughs> and then, oh, man, this is an amazing story so far. This is crazy. <laughs> and I hated my roommate tremendously because of that. Because wow. I was like, it's because he's also air quote, a Christian guy. Well, he's from the same faith as me, but it's essentially like Judeo Christian. Yeah, he's holy. He's a holy right. man. Yeah, I know. Right. Holy mean. guy. Just like us. Yep. <laughs> watching the uh, the online uh, service because it's COVID and all that stuff. And, you know, he's yep. reading the holy words every day. And I ask him if he's down to help out another person from our community. And he had immediate fear. And I, I had a lot of hatred for him. I can imagine it's just like he's doing all those things, but he's still watching the pornos and he's still having right. sex with his girlfriend before marriage and abusing her. You know, <laughs> I call it abuse when a man has sex with a woman out of wedlock. Like yeah. I make it very clear now. Like, why are you sexually ah. abusing your girlfriend? Like, <laughs> right. Actually, to, to correct it, I think uh, he was married. So I, I don't want to oh. mischaracterize But Dang it. What's <laughs> <laughs> the super beta? He, was, he also, and, and what actually happened was, his wife was my roommate, and then he moved in here. So, oh my goodness! You already know that. What a mess! What a mess! <laughs> this is and, a great story. Let's take a short break on it. We'll come right back. So, right, be right back on the Dad Every Thought podcast. Welcome back, part, I think, number three. This is an amazing story from John, just where he was in that fallen state. So, so far, to summarize, I mean, you know, mental institution for some people, you wanted to help somebody out. You know, somebody nearly OD'd at your house with the esophagus. You know, now you want to bring somebody in and you ask your 
holy Christian roommate who right. moved in with his girlfriend, became, well, moved in with his wife and became his wife. Hint, hint, that is a beta move. You know, men do right. not follow women. I've learned that through the hard times as well myself, so can't judge him. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. And so he wasn't willing to do this. You were just like, in your your thoughts were telling you, what a piece of junk, you know, oh, right. all this stuff, just this righteous garbage. Yeah. Yep. yep. That sounds and, intense. Okay. Yeah. So the whole, I don't know, the vibe of the place we live in got real sour because he was judging me for yep. having the audacity to also, by the way, another thing that got me angry is like he come. So basically when my friend was dying ish in my bed, um, he was like puking nonstop, whatever. I asked my roommate, right. this little Asian girl to like watch him in case he passes out. And uh, at the time he was either in my shower and he would pass out and, yep. and you know how you can just drown in two inches of water. Yeah. So I asked her to check on him every 30 minutes while me and my friend, we went to get, try to get some like Gatorade or something. Cause he's always throwing up. Yep. Pedalite, that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, uh, I told my roommates about this and then he complained to me and he was judging me because he said that I had a lack of uh, judgment and I put our roommate's life at risk because he could have raped her when me and my friend went to go pick up some oh. like, medicine for him. Interesting. And I was like, what the? I was like, <laughs> that's not how it works. He, he was packed. He was going in and out of consciousness about to drown in his own vomit. And you're <laughs> telling me I made it. So anyway, isn't that amazing? How, right. so, how people, the fear it's fear and there's always like sure maybe that's how they perceive it but they're believing right. their thoughts right it's not i've always noticed like in arguments i used to have it's never about the argument right like uh, uh if you have a girlfriend and you're arguing with her um which you're beta male if you do but um when you do that it's because um you know you're not actually discussing that you don't take the trash out enough. You're discussing a deeper issue, but the surface level is, oh, it's this thing. But in, at the right. deeper level, you're really just like, I, I'm judging you as a person. I think you're right. horrible. But at right. the same time, you're still having sex with them, which is why you're so confused, which is right. why you shouldn't have sex out of wedlock. So right. so amazing. So there's tension in this whole right. area. He's you're judging living. all my friends. Yep. He judged my friend who was dying because he thought he was going to rape the other roommate he's judging my mental health yep. friend because he thinks he's gonna he judges basically you for your friends thinks, yeah <laughs> he thinks at the time i thought that he thought that um all my friends are trying to rape his wife and oh, i was geez. just like bro it's not like that um <laughs> she may be beautiful but not that beautiful right, <laughs> right. just kidding guys right <laughs> so then i really hated him so much and i it bothered me i, I couldn't get my work done i had a hard time sleeping because Right. I identified with my friend's suffering. Oh, my friend, he's he's dying. My other friend is losing his mind and all this stuff. And yeah. it was me. And then my relationship is also rocky. I'm not rocky, but I'm, I was insecure. Yes. Um, yes. And then, I mean, I've actually heard of Jesse Lee Peterson 20, around the election, when he was doing like street interviews. Okay. Like 2016 yeah, so time frame? Was, yeah. Okay. I was in school and I I watched his like his uh, funny clips. Didn't think anything about it. And then right, feed came in again and I found out that he had more. And I 
uh, saw even more and more and more. And he was talking about how if you have anger, you are a woman. That actually blew my mind because <laughs> yeah. as a, I think I was like a agnostic, libertarian, utilitarian, where I viewed everything as neutral. It, it just depended on how you used it. So I actually thought okay. anger could be used in a good way. Ah, uh, like a tool. Okay. Like a tool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't think if it's right or wrong, I just don't, I don't know. I just know anger will right i know what you mean kill you but i know exactly what you're talking about john it's like when yeah when i first heard jlp jesse lee peterson bond uh jlp talk go check him out that's it's amazing it's fun he always points you to within it's not about following him it's about going within but i love the the quotes that he has you know what the you know (laughs) but that's one thing he says like if you have anger or any emotion you're a woman and let me just give some context for people. We're not saying you're physically a woman. I mean, we're talking about the spiritual side. You had the spirit of the woman, which is Satan. Like it's right. <laughs> so a lot of people get their panties in a bun all bunched up because they're just like, oh, oh, you're sexist. You're like, no, no, no. Like w- women are also possessed by the same spirit of Satan. That's why right. you're acting like a woman. And most, most, not all, but but most men are completely possessed by that emotion you know it's amazing and so i i just find this story amazing so far so anyways so you started finding some jlp stuff and it's interesting how um you saw him but didn't really think much of it and then then this time came where you had like an epiphany or maybe you're like wow like oh anger is something right you know it does kill me yeah right so i came to church a few i came to church one time was chill and then i came to men's night the following thursday oh yeah and then i was there yeah apparently that's not how it usually goes i just had some questions about it wasn't even related to what was actually going on i just had some because i did like how he was putting uh like some holy structure or just some like how relationships should be Right. So I just had some questions about theoreticals of how my relationship could go. Right. And then they, I guess, once you're reborn, you can really see if people have it or not. I don't know how to explain it, but you can see. Yep. And everyone could see that I was not where I should be. Ian, I don't even remember my questions. I actually don't think they were that bad but people can see the insecurity and the fear that i had i think what was great too is when when you're surrounded by sons of like because we can't talk about specifics right these are hyper private things but um the way i view it is that when you're surrounded by sons of god um there's such a level of honesty they call it brutal honesty but it's just when you're around guys who can just be honest about things we all just start laughing at our problems together right you know i'm gonna make something up and be like oh you know my this is my third wife and my wife's cheating on me or something this this isn't true at all i just made this up and everyone there would be like beta male (laughs) we'll just start (laughs) and then everyone just starts laughing and he's and we're just like why are you so weak he's just like ah you know i hate my mom we're like have you forgiven her yet he's like no so it's like in those moments it's 
like you may ask a question, but everybody just, <laughs> it's like getting shot by like a 50 cal. You know, it's right. like you hit by a small bullet, it's fine. A 50 cal just blows you away. <laughs> right. Cause like I'm used to getting toasted, but since at, once you're reborn, you can really make fun of anything and it doesn't bother you. Right. So they were probably just poking fun at my insecurities, but I, I took it personally and I started to like, uh, try to, yep. Try to combat what they're saying. But what they're saying is like, they're saying the truth, but kind of jokingly, Oh, you're just being a little beta. Right. Oh, no. Right. You know you're like, I mean? no, it's not really because I'm doing X. You rationalize it. You right. Know? Yeah. You start rationalizing it. You start to rationalize a half joke, half truth, just trying to like point you in the right direction. Right. And then I got really flustered and I actually, I, I, I was smoking on the fact that I hated my, my parents and like I could create a mentality or right. I could, what is it? Craft a way that I hated my parents. But after that, I really, I really felt and saw the hate inside myself from my mother and my father. That's amazing. That's amazing. Cause like, that's why I've noticed is when you're hanging with sons of God, again, complimenting ourselves, uh, when you're hanging with sons of God, you can have one conversation that is so meaningful, that's impactful. And I think that's what Jesse kind of talks about too, and others too. You'll begin to realize as you wake up, people may not like you, but they'll respect right. you. And right. that's been my story too. Like I begin to speak up and yeah, some people don't like me, but at the same time, I'm just like, they... It doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. You can hate me even. Yeah, because to me, I, me, I look at them, I'm just like, oh, you're possessed by Satan. That's okay. Right. I love you. Right. And they're just like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> I said that one time. Uh, I think I said that to my mother one time. She's getting flustered. She says, you're not wearing a mask. Everyone's worried about you. You're going to die. Like, it's. I don't want to oh. see you on your deathbed, you know. Now, and I think I said, hey, Satan, you can calm down. And I said it with a smile on my face because that's not her. She's possessed by her thoughts. They're telling her right. all these things. Um, and then it shook her up. She's like, oh, what, what do I do? You know, and it was a great conversation after then because then she returned. Like right. the woman that she is returned. And it helped me understand that at the end of the day, it's man's responsibility because we're close to God. It's our responsibility as men to to be lights upon the world. You know, and and it may be challenging at times, but all of a sudden you, it's just nice. You know, it, right. it, like you said, you feel like that kid looking at the clouds and you're enjoying, um, I guess you're just kind of enjoying life as it is. Right. And it doesn't mean you're doing drugs and just hedonistic activities. You're just literally, you could be sitting and staring at a wall and you're just kind of like, oh, cool, I'm alive. Like, <laughs> right. But I think uh, let's take another break because you're on the cusp of waking up on the story here, which is great. Right. So we'll be right back on the Doubt Every Thought podcast. Alright everyone, 
I think part number four. What an amazing story from John about um, his own process of waking up, becoming a son of God. As we always say, uh, go and forgive your parents because God will forgive you. Uh, right. Know thyself by doing the silent prayer, just watching your thoughts and doubting every thought because your thoughts are Satan. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, John, the previous part, we finished up and you were saying um, you had like this realization that even at the men's forum, there's like you may have not fluster, but you're just like, oh, whatever, you know. But then after you kind of realize, man, like, I hate my parents, you know. Right. And you might know what I mean, but like, there's a level where I can rationalize my hatred for my parents, where I can at least logically make an argument for it. But at that point, it was so obvious that it, I don't know if you had this, but like, once I realized it, I had a sick feeling in my stomach. And yes. I felt a I felt a burden on my back or on my shoulders. It was really intense. Yeah, you actually feel it, right? Yeah. I, I had that exact same feeling where um I'm trying to remember right now, but th- it's fascinating. When you wake up, become a son of God, you tend to forget everything about like all your problems. <laughs> because it doesn't exist. Right. So <laughs> I'm trying to trying to Satan, help me here. What did I used to think, Satan? Like, <laughs> but it was I know what you mean where after I went to go forgive, I didn't realize there was a burden. That's what it was. Like you mm-hmm. felt the burden. But for me, yeah. I didn't realize I had the burden. But when I forgave, when I left my house, I actually, it felt like I took a huge bathroom break and lost 10 pounds. Like I, Honestly, and my yeah. shoulders dropped and yeah, it was very quiet for a while. Extremely quiet in my head. I, I drove home because my parents lived nearby. And I didn't play any music, I think. And I was sitting there quietly just listening to the road noise. And I'm like, oh, that was it. This is amazing. <laughs> like, right. Because I was so scared before. And it was like uh, 10 pounds or less. So you felt the weight, right, John? You yeah. felt that? Okay. Yeah, I felt real heavy. And I tried to go to bed. And I couldn't sleep. And I actually was starting to think, like, I have to forgive my mom. And as a secular person, I had a lot of fear of death. I was a, I had a, that nihilistic, fatalistic view on, on life. Yeah, yeah. And um, the thought of confronting my mother made me feel so sick and so fearful that I was like, you know. Isn't that amazing how terrifying it is? Right. I literally was, I'd wake up like sweating and like basically like just covered in i know what you mean just thinking (laughs) just even thinking about it right now you know i i went through the same thing where uh rationalized right like what jesse said oh i forgave him in my head you coward you know it's like in my head i'm like oh i i understand i had a hard upbringing and all that so right and then i'm like i have to go and forgive i'm like oh my god i have to like what do i uh uh, i can actually feel my stomach right now oh yeah i remember like this sickening like uh, there's this thing inside me is just like don't do it you're gonna die you right know? And no exactly it literally feels like i feel like i was gonna literally pull a trigger right kill myself it literally feel like i was about to do suicide and I, 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 to be honest john you a part of you was gonna die but it wasn't you in the first place right and that right. that's what's mind-blowing is uh when i did ayahuasca it was the same thing a part of me died like i actually thought i died but right. it was the part of me that wasn't me. It was the um, the sin within me, the judgment, all right. that. 
and it's like a spirit that creates like an ego and then it and it has this thing that you think it's you yeah it's a parasitic relationship i'm i'm doing a a podcast about parasites you know the all the traits of a parasite is what this spirit of satan inside of you is like you know this right. parasite will convince you that it's a part of you if you try to get rid of it it'll panic and freak out you know and then it'll cause you to feel sick and right. if you corner it it will act like it is dying but it'll say you're dying i'm you know you're the one dying it's not me <laughs> you know there isn't a separate entity called satan inside of me <laughs> it'll try to make you deceiver think, yeah he deceives you he makes you think it's you dying and and then you go and do it and then all of a sudden i mean well that's the whole story so far so you're feeling that burden night sweats terror like oh, i gotta go and forgive my mom right. like like isn't that amazing somebody yeah. who made you you're terrified to say hey mom i forgive you <laughs> right like literally shaking it's like a ah, ptsd like from world war one or something it's so. crazy how people will say like oh yeah no i love my mom you know my mom no. and i get along great you're like oh was she perfect oh no no she yeah she beat me you're like right oh, so, so why don't you forgive her oh no 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 <laughs> well that's what we're, i was talking when we were at uh after last time I met you, I I, I called you uh, the house Negro because like, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> Very true, yeah. Because like, oh, I love my mom, but like she'll she'll fuck you up. Yeah, but you'd be like, oh, she means well. Yeah. <laughs> it's Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, it's Stockholm syndrome with Satan. You know, right. it's <laughs> you're just like, no, no, it's because I was a horrible kid. That's why they beat me. Right. It's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Kids are born perfect. Like the parents right. in society messes them up. You know, it's, right. it, <laughs> oh, I, I laugh at this, John, because it's just like, oh, man, back in those fallen days, right before I forgave, <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> I was so weak. I was so scared. And right. I didn't, like, the way I compensated worked out all the time. You know, shaved my head. You know, grew like looked hyper tough, but on the right. inside, I was like, I'm, I'm terrified of my mom. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really just, it's not, you're not scared of her. It's this realization of how wrong I was to judge right. her. You know, and so, anyway, so, so far in the story, you realized all this stuff about your, um, your hatred of your parents. They had to go forgive. Yeah. So it was like, I went to bed after Bond at like midnight. And I woke up at 4 a.m. And I think my mom, she's two hours ahead in the Midwest. So I, I FaceTimed her. Wow. And it's my my thing when I told her. Um, she cried a lot and she, she apologized. I mean, like my parents are religious. Okay. So they were, they were really open to it. Um, okay. Okay. She was like, I'm sorry. And she was like, I didn't know what I was doing. I honestly like parenting. I have no idea. I have no idea how to be a parent still, or like something like that. That's a and great insight. Like, wow. Right. Wow. Having your mom admit that is a big deal. Yeah. That's and she said, "I just, I just wanted you to be better than me, so I would try to point you to other people that I thought were doing a better job." Right. My the big problem with my mom, she's an Asian lady, is that it's common in Asian culture, in my opinion, is that it's a culture of comparison. So she'd compare me to Ooh. other kids at church. Yes. Why yes. can't she be more like this, like this kid or that kid? A culture of comparison. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a really minus. true. A minus. Yeah. <laughs> really got an A prize. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's so many good Asian jokes yeah. <laughs> about, about that. I I went through the similar thing too, except I'm super white. But right. it was funny because I hung out with all the Asian guys. Right. And I I remember it was it was such a small thing. I came home from private school. There's only like fifteen kids in my grade. And I got a 97 on the test. Right. Everybody else, I swear to God, everybody else got 80s or 70s. Right. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got 97, but I could have, you know, everyone else got 80s and 70s. So I broke the curve. I'm that right. kid, you know, the piece Ooh. of junk kid. Right. Um, and I remember the response. She's like, oh, it's great, but let's just, let's look at what you got wrong. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <laughs> what the? <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, I, I'm at a gifted school and I did so much better than the other gifted kids. <laughs> Approve of me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the resentment came in. You know, that's, right. that's when I judged him. And that's when, right. that's when I hated my parents. So I fell like in my, my young teenage years. I was, I was fortunate I wasn't, you know, molested as a kid or whatever may have happened. Right. <laughs> As, as JLP said, everybody been molested. Everybody's right. got a story. <laughs> so that's amazing. So you forgave her actually like the day after. That's great, yeah. man. Wow. Literally like men's form ended at like midnight. Yep. Well, because we were talking outside and literally like within five hours, I was forgiving my mom. Wow. And then I followed up with my dad. That was chill. But yeah, the issue with my dad was he was so concerned about being aligned with God and being moral and being right. That I, I had so much fear to talk, to share with my father because I was, uh, I feared his wrath. Uh, right? I know what you mean. Yeah. Cause he would, he would just like, he would hear like one of my friends, you know, is dating, probably having sex out of wedlock or whatever, smoking pot. And right. Goes, I can't believe right. someone would do something like that. I'm like, Jesus, man. Right. He would he would judge all he would judge them right. all. Right. Right. Isn't that amazing how like uh non religious and religious, the common element of a fallen person is judgment. Right. And if they're judging people like that, they have anger and all that. Right. So like I know as a kid, like your father is God in a way. And so right. you're just like, Oh no, well, if he's gonna do that, your thoughts will tell you, Well then you can't tell him about the time when you uh smoked a cigarette. Right. You know, exactly. All those things. And, it, and then it cascades, right? Then you're, then Satan says like, oh, you haven't told him about all your problems. You're a piece right. of junk, you know, in your father's there, eyes. Yeah. Have you heard of the Christian vibe where like you have to confess to your parents or something? It's so dumb. <laughs> I haven't, but that sounds like another great topic. We'll take a short break. Yeah. We'll be right back on the Doubt Every Thought podcast. Alright everyone, final segment, we're here with John, fellow son of God, talking about experience waking up, I'm sure it's giving you insights too, and I hope he's enjoying it as well, but 
in the final segment, you were kind of talking about uh, this idea of forgiveness, and in I think the Christian faith or something, it used I used to think of it as forgiveness is I go to them All and right. then say, "Hey, you forgive me for being a horrible son," you know, <laughs> something like that. And what blew my mind with JLP, Jesse Lee Peterson, he has a church called Bond, Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny, RebuildingTheMan.com. But he said, no, you're going to them to forgive them for making you resent them as a child. And then God right. will forgive you. And right. I was just like, what? <laughs> you know, Is that it, kind it, of your experience too? Yeah. If I think about that too much, I get lost. But <laughs> all I know is that to overcome the, the hatred or judgment you have towards somebody, you have to forgive them. That's all I really understand. Right. I don't I don't understand the whole you forgive God forgive you thing, to be honest. I right. think about it, I, I can take myself out of it. All I know is that to really overcome the spirit of ha- hatred is you have to forgive. It's a good that's a good point, John. It's not like, you know, people get caught up in the syntax of it, but in reality right. it's just realizing you're wrong to judge. Right. You know, that realization, I'm not God. I don't know what's best for them, blah, blah, blah. Right. And because of that, then you're like, oh, I, I can't even judge them. I'm wrong for judging them. Right. And you're like, that's why you go and say, hey, I, I was wrong for judging you. My bad. Right. And it's just like what I think Jesus said on the cross or something. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. You know. Literally. Like, literally, it's not their fault. So when a son of Satan does something, you're like, oh, well, you know, son of Satan. Right. (laughs) you know i told it's not them doing it they don't want to do that right it's like i think paul said that why do i do the things i don't want to do how come i do the thing how come i can't do the things i want to do you know that's that's a story for most people in life and they rationalize it but that sounds like you kind of went through that realization and so you forgave them and now what what's it like on the other side man welcome (laughs) i don't know i don't know how to describe it and even JLP doesn't know how to describe it, but like I can see, but it's not like I'm seeing new shit, but I can see, right. I can see someone has anger. I can see someone that's just controlled by something else. I can see people are not themselves. Right. And then I can see when I'm wrong and I can see when I overreact. Yeah. And You're so right about that. Yeah. And I told us to our friends, like, well, what are you seeing? It's like, I don't know what I'm seeing. Like it's it's not my vision's changing. <laughs> I know. But like when I what it has to do with vision. Like once my eyes locks with that person, I can see it. Yeah. I, but I'm not seeing anything, but I'm seeing it. It's, I don't know how to just, Yeah. How how dare you not be able to describe it to <laughs> sons of Satan? Come on. If it's not clear, I can't forgive. Like right. you really uh it to me it's like this uncovering of what you've always known. And so you're beginning to just see things in other people that you've always seen, but you just um, was covered up by the unrighteousness and judgment and all that. Right. And the thing too, is you begin to see it in yourself. You're like, Oh, right. I'm a piece of junk. Like, right. Ooh, like I used to think I was holy, you know? And right. You, that's what the silent prayer is all about. And so for anybody listening, it's, you do get these superpowers where you begin to actually see the person inside them. And, and then you also begin to see the possession inside them. You know, you're like, as oh, well as yourself. Yes. Yeah. You first see it in yourself because your mind will tell you, oh, you're holy. You forgave. Now you can judge other people. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not how it works out here. That's just an amazing story, John. That whole story arc of where you came from, where you are, where you're going. I mean, where you are now is like you have peace in life. 
there that's another huge i don't know who's responsible for all these misinformation but the world tells you it's happiness versus sadness but it's right. not that's an illusion it's just peace or no peace that's exactly how i frame it too you're not happy you're not sad you're not like righteous you're not depressed you're you're humbled but not like in a i'm nothing approach you're just like oh yeah i'm nothing it's amazing <laughs> and then you have you, peace yeah it sounds like some real like pothead shit but it's like you're nothing and everything at the same time right <laughs> i jokingly said to some people uh, in private uh, it feels like i'm high all the time like I'm, honestly though it's it's getting close to that point yeah you're just like wow i'm awake look at this amazing i can't wait to do what right. i want to do today and yeah and to the <laughs> listeners who think the sound prayer is just uh some hippie nonsense i forgot to do it one morning and i was lost in my thoughts i was overreacting it's it was nuts i was really getting emotional about nothing interesting and again silent prayer guys it people call it meditation but to me meditation assumes that the things appearing in your head aren't evil Um, right to me it is like satan trying to tempt you you know all the time he's just talking to you he's just like look at you you don't have a job you're a piece of junk oh look at you you don't have a girlfriend uh everyone else is having sex you're not cool and you're sitting there watching it like wow satan's really retarded you know and then all of a sudden use god you're literally connecting with god in that moment when you do that silent prayer and it's something you do every morning every night and then you begin to do it throughout the day not even realizing it because you're just observing man i got a crazy question for you do you ever do it while you drive sometimes yeah but i don't close my eyes (laughs) no me neither but the experience is you can see yourself and you're outside of yourself and you're watching yourself yeah you're watching your your eyeballs watch the road you right. know, and then you yeah, yeah. then you're watching these thoughts appear in front of your eyeballs yes. judging those around you <clears throat> like you're like oh that person drove by really fast you're like oh interesting right. look at you satan right <laughs> it's happened all the time especially when i do like long drives that's why i love driving cuz i usually don't play music i'm sitting there quietly just watching the scenery even if it's in traffic i'm like oh this is cool you right know, i'm one of those people where it's hard <clears throat> to what if I'm in traffic? It's great. If I'm not in traffic, it's also great. You know. <laughs> well, if if you're really aware, God puts something in front of you all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like there's always something being revealed. You're just blind to it. Right. You know, and the joke that they say masturbation makes you blind. You know, it does. It does not in the way you think it does. You know, you can still see light, but you can't see meaning. You know, right. you no longer see God's plan for you. And again, no, I, yeah, yeah. It's, I know exactly what you mean. Like, it really makes me blind. And I, 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 I lose my, it just makes me unaware. It puts me to sleep, really. It does. It lowers your consciousness. You know, yeah. watching pornography, eating too much food, um, watching the news even. Yeah. You know? Dude, literally everything's a drug. And, it, and it'll control you. <laughs> right. Everyone's like, oh, heroin's the drug. And this is a drug. And you're like, do you watch Fox News 24 hours a day? Right. Well, of course I do. I got to gotta stay informed on the politics right. happening. Like, <laughs> I got to know who to hate. Right. <laughs> and now even like family and all that, they're all hyped up on politics. I'm like, yeah, but my, my joke is always uh, I do like a Socratic method. I'm like, do you trust a moral man or an immoral man? And they're like, oh, a moral <laughs> man. I'm like, 
do moral people like are you a moral person they're like oh yeah yeah i'm like do moral people watch pornography and they're like oh of course not i'm like do you watch pornography <laughs> and i say it jokingly because like right i can't judge them I, I used to be tempted all the time right but it just yeah. reveals to you how that whole biblical saying like if you you know don't judge otherwise god will judge you you know that sort of thing um that's so true as well for other people i can't judge them i used to be in a fallen state right i used to be a, a slut maker it was horrible right you know but i don't talk about it anymore because it's the past i don't even remember right. it <laughs> right even this morning i don't remember that <laughs> yeah i'm trying to remember what i eat for breakfast oh, oatmeal because I, right. bur- I burped it up so i know what it is but uh yeah this has been amazing john any um I'm going to have to have you back on again, but is there, is there any, any insights you want to share with people before we uh, go our separate ways? Um, I actually, selling prayer is really it. I mean, my work can get stressful and uh, yep. when work gets really stressful and I'm pretty lost, I'm doing selling prayer up to five times a day. Wow. Like three times during the work day. Yeah. Like before lunch, after lunch, and then the home stretch. That's great. And um, the silent prayer that John's talking about, um, Jesse Lee Peterson has a great one. Just go to SoundCloud, look for silent prayer JLP. Um, or you can go to doubtoverythought.com slash silent prayer. We have all of them there as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the only true thing out JLP says a lot of things and I don't know if whatever he says is true all the time, but the one thing I do know is true that I, I would uh, die on that hill is is that forgiveness is the only way out yep and the right way to pray not the right or a good way to pray is a silent prayer so you can connect and with this style of i don't know with this way of christianity yep seeing really is believing right it's and it it really is the way for atheists (laughs) (laughs) it's harder to go from like a bible thumping lord save me to this rather than being like a skeptic and coming to this right because that skeptical attitude if you keep going will take you to this that's what i found right. i was skeptical right you No, know, i i was i go to church sometimes and i'm like this is ridiculous why are they wearing right. robes i don't want to wear a robe <laughs> you know why is everyone dressed up but i know that they're cheating on their wives like this is right. as a kid i'm like this is weird right and so i fell away from it and then i got an atheism then i got into new ageism and then christianity was where it's at the real christianity all right <laughs> the number of times i've said that how we're the true sons of god we're the real christians like how many people say that <laughs> yeah so I, I don't know if it's in the uh, time of this podcast we could talk later but um i started researching jlp and road masters and gnostic, gnostic christianity yeah and i i researched this like a few years ago and it seemed legit and there's a lot of overlap with uh, what they're saying and with what the Gnostics were doing. Yeah. I don't know too much. I'm... Yeah, man. That sounds interesting. We could definitely talk about it on the next one. And right. I've always found, like what JLP told me recently, and it's all about pointing back to within. It's not about, they're the signposts. Like, I'm a signpost. You're a signpost. Right. If you stop and worship the signpost, you're the retard. Right. But if you say the person's like, oh, God's over there, and you keep going. That's what it's right. for, and that's what sons of God do. They point you back to within, know thyself. Right, and, and even if you guys have done all Gnosticism, if you look at the Wikipedia, even though it changed, <laughs> it's really like they don't believe in hierarchy. It's just the individual and God. There's no, there's right. no one. 
guiding you. There's no one, there's no, there's no entity, there's no institution. It's just you and God. Right. You're just as close to God as the priest who wears a robe with a white collar. Right. You know, it's, right. that's why the priests don't like them. <laughs> right. That's why it was uh, not left. It was left out of the canonization. Yeah. Uh, I think you Rome. told me this. We have to. Yeah. We're going to have to talk about this on the next one, but yes, that is a, sure. that's an amazing topic. But everybody, just like John, he has an amazing story. I'm <laughs> sure you do too, but realize, know for yourself, go and forgive, doubt every thought, do the silent prayer every morning and night, and you too can join us on the other side. And, uh, you know, John, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate wow. it. Amazing. And everybody else, thanks for listening. And we'll see you again on the Doubt Every Thought Podcast. Have a wonderful day. Take care.